All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. How are you? It is Positive Friday. Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube. You can get involved in the show. Texas 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. The uh, Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where guess what? Tonight, the World Series begins. Uh, all sorts of uh, prop bets you can make there. Check it out. PlayAlberta.ca, where all of the revenue stays right here in La province of Alberta. And the province of Alberta right now is hot. Oiler fans, flame fans are booing their teams off the ice. It's a tough one, man. I get it. I totally understand it. It is, it's frustrationville. I think both were expecting their teams to be better. And guess what? Uh, neither team is, uh, has been better thus far. Neither team is better. Hell, neither team has been overly competitive. Thus far, which isn't, uh, which is less than ideal. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that. Also, arguably, it's positive Friday. So I was searching around looking for positive things to look at. What can you look at positively? Well, not going to lie. There's a, there's not a lot, but could possibly, if you think about it, Oiler fans, are you ready, do you think? And I don't think it would happen on Sunday because there's going to be, uh, I don't know how many, but quite a few uh, Flames fans in attendance. But if the orders lose, and even if they don't lose, even if they win, if they win, they're only two, f- five, and one, which is obviously better than one, six, and one, but it's still not ideal. 
But do you recall Connor Halley back in uh, in the summertime, late fall? The uh, Philadelphia Phillies were in the stretch run of the playoffs, and uh, Trey Turner. One of their best players was struggling, like mightily. The guy couldn't get a hit to save his life. He had just finished going uh, 0 for 5 in a 12-inning loss. And they were coming home to Philly. And uh, Philly fans who have a reputation of being pretty hard, right? They threw snowballs at Santa Claus once. There was a few less than intelligent fans who threw batteries (laughs) at a player. Heck, at the Eagles Stadium... The fans can be so unruly. There's an actual jail and like a, a makeshift court set up right there just to speed up the process. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. This is all true. This is all true. Yet, like Frank Costanza, there's got to be a better way. They thought about it. And Philly fans, this past a few months ago, decided they were going to try something different. It started out as a social media campaign. My buddy Brownie sent me this story today. It's like, Gregor, on Pause of Friday, you should mention this. Maybe it's something Oiler fan should try. Now, he's a big Oiler fan. He's, uh, he's tired of seeing his team lose, like I'm sure many of you are. And uh, do you know what happened to Trey Turner, Connor Halley? Do you know the story? No, I don't. So it was a 10-game homestand, right? Trey Turner had been playing brutal. And it's it, they're in the midst of the uh, playoff hunt. They weren't there. Trey Turner's playing terrible. He comes up to the bat the first time. And because of a social media campaign where they said, let's greet him with a standing ovation every at bat. So that's what they did. His first at bat, keep in mind, this guy hadn't got a hit in forever. Well... Turner suddenly went four for his next 12, two doubles, a home run in the weekend series versus the uh, Kansas City Royals. He went out afterwards saying, blank, that's pretty bleeping cool, right? And he talked about it just gives you reassurance that they have your back, and he went on to play great. Now, maybe he would have played great anyway. But if you're a believer in positivity, on a pause of Friday, something to think about. Now. You know what? Uh, Oiler fans right now, maybe you're like, give me a break. They don't deserve my cheering. And I can understand it. All I'm saying is, maybe you have to be like Frank Costanza and go a different direction. Something to consider. Because, whew, like last night, there was booze and stews. Because Stuart Skinner was very good. Stuart Skinner was uh, very good in the game last night. But other than him, uh, not a lot. Not a lot to be excited about that last night against the New York Rangers. And so now you have the game coming up on Sunday. And and here's the thing. We're going to have Jared Stoll join us this hour. We're going to talk uh, 20 years ago was the initial Heritage Classic. I'm sure some of you have stories. Uh, we talked to, I talked to Alex Hemsky about it yesterday. Ran into him a few times. And uh, he talked about just how gross cold it was as a player. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Jared Stoll. What does he remember from 2003? It's going to be a lot warmer on Sunday. It's not going to be balmy, but it's definitely not going to be minus 20. right? I think it's going to be plus 2 or plus 3 as a high during the day. And then, as we know, in the late afternoon, it gets a little darker. It'll cool down. It's probably going to be like minus 3 or 4 by the third period, maybe. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy at all. 
So uh, you definitely won't have to bundle up as much. So uh, we'll talk about that one. Yeah, Gretz, Craig Button uh, will be by. Uh, we all, you know what the uh, the orders are wearing the in in honor of the Edmonton Mercury's. Well, we're gonna have uh, Randall Purvis join us in studio today, talking about the history of the Mercury's with some really cool photos that you'll be able to see if you're watching on Ours Nation YouTube. So uh, that's all coming up. But uh, first, we're gonna get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. Exciting AJHL action! Uh, get your tickets at SpruceGroveSaints.ca. The Saints are rolling after a little bit slow start. They've wheeled off three wins in a row. Get your tickets, cheer on the Saints at the Grant Fear Arena. Uh, our next guest. Of course, uh, many of you watch him uh, every night on uh, Roger Sportsnet, recapping the uh, highlights of the day. Pretty funny guy. He's an author, and he's also someone who I learned today prefers cabs over Uber. Ken Reed joins us. <laughs> Ken, how you doing? Gregor, fake news, buddy. I prefer Uber <laughs> over cabs. They just don't have Uber in Thunder Bay. They don't have Uber in Thunder Bay. Okay. They all don't all have right. Uber in Thunder Bay. And it cost me big time, brother. I'm supposed to be in studio with you. My cab to pick me up at the airport was half an hour late, and I could not check in online for some strange reason. So I've been in Thunder Bay an extra 12 hours, currently stranded at the airport, waiting for a delayed flight to Winnipeg. That'll give me to Edmonton. Tonight, buddy. Tonight. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you're doing the little... Well, because don't you have a book signing? Yeah, buddy. I got a book signing tomorrow, tomorrow, 2 o'clock at Indigo at the West Edmonton Mall. So I'm hoping I get there in time for it. I might have to start portaging or something. <laughs> now, this is for your new book, uh, Hometown Hockey Heroes. Give us the premise. Hometown Hockey Heroes. The premise is simple. I grew up in a small town. We didn't have the NHL, but we had local legends, and a lot of them are still legends for the hockey they played in front of us. I grew up watching the Picto Junior Sea Mariners. Oh, yeah. My hero was a guy named Teapot, and he's still the hero of the town. And I thought, there's got to be other towns out there with local legends like Teapot, who I should know had the softest hands east of Montreal. And it turns out there are guys all over Canada just like Tea. So I made a book to pay tribute to the local legends of our great game. Oh, buddy! I tell you right, the minute you said so, I'm from a small, uh, very small town. It's you got not, a guy. Who is it's, it? It's not even a town. It's not even a village anymore. It's a hamlet of New Sarepta. And I remember very specifically as a child, I can still vision. I close my eyes. I remember that game. It's sold out in the New Sarepta barn. And uh, Bernie O'Dwyer, who was a redhead, so that's another reason why I don't forget him. And uh, it it turns out Bernie from Center Ice Cannon. You would love this story. He ended up running the goalie, and it was pandemonium. And I'm like a seven-year-old kid. And hockey was just different then. This is so, I was like late 70s, early 80s. And I remember vividly, like, there's a line brawl. And it was all started from Bernie O'Dwyer running the goalie. Now, he scored a lot of goals. He's a very good player. Um, so yeah. there was a lot of highlights. But, yes, uh, from uh, that was in senior hockey, I'm pretty sure it was. Might have been called it. juvenile back then, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. uh yeah, the uh the 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 curly red rocket Bernie O'Dwyer from New Sarepta would have been the guy. The curly red rocket Bernie O'Dwyer made an impact on you, whether he knew it or not, right? I'm sure you would have loved to have gone into the Coliseum and saw the Oilers and the WHA and maybe you did someday. But Bernie O'Dwyer was right in front of you. He was yes. right in your town. Yeah. Right? And that's why Bernie O'Dwyer maybe doesn't even know he made an impact on you. Oh no. But he did. Right. Yeah. What's funny, Ken, is actually I got to know Bernie. Well, his uh, I, I know their family quite well. They're uh, close to my parents. So I think that's like I'd met Bernie a few times as a kid, but obviously I'd never yeah. really seen him play hockey. And I just I remember my dad taking me and my brother that game. And uh, 
Oh, man. It's unbelievable. But there's lots of those. You go around, like, in junior towns. Every town. Oh. Every town. Yeah, like young kids in Spruce Grove or Shirt Park right now. It's like the Crusaders and the Saints. Those are their guys that they want to be first because you can't get to the NHL if you don't play junior first. Exactly. And at any Saints or Crusaders game, you can run right down by where the players come out, give them a high five, pat them on the shoulders. That's what me and my buddies used to do with the junior C team, right? So the closest arena to me was the Montreal Forum, which was 14 hours away. And I wasn't going to get there, but I could go down on a Saturday night, spend a buck to get in, 50 cents on a program, buy two packs of Opeachy hockey cards, and pat my heroes on the back as they came out. And so it's about the impact these heroes made on me, like Teapot, like Bernie O'Dwyer, you got the red hair. Teapot had the long black mane, softest hands. East of Montreal, he's the best lobster fisherman in town. He wins the golf championship every year. He wins the pool championship at the tavern. He wins the darts championship at the tavern. He's our local legend. So, I, like, I grew up, Gregor, loving this guy as much as I did Gretzky or Lafleur. So he made a huge impact on me, and, and, and clearly Bernie did on you, and there's tons of people just like you and I who grew up watching hockey that kind of pure way. I have stories like this. So did you interview like people like me and, who, and, and why that guy was a hero to them and then the hero, or did you just interview the hero like Teapot and those guys? No. So the way I did it exactly, I interviewed guys like you. So what I did was I put it out on Twitter, who's your hockey hero? So people would put it out there, and I'd interview them first. Because for so many of these guys, like if I try to get information on Bernie O'Dwyer, he's probably not on Hockey DB. There's probably not a ton of them, so I would get information from these guys. Then I would call the hero, maybe comb through some old newspapers, bring up some memories, and most of these guys were just uber-flattered that that I called them. Yeah. The guys who kind of looked up to these guys, they, they talked about these guys in such reverence. It was as if they were talking about Bobby Orr. It was it was awesome because it was awesome to find out that I wasn't alone. Like I was I wasn't the only guy going to my local rink, hoping to play for the Picto Mariners one day, along with the Montreal Canadiens. There was other people out there like me. Ken Reed joins us. So Ken, I, like how many how many hours of uh, of conversation uh, do you have for this? How long did it take you to put this book together? Uh, well, it took two years, so it took a year to write, a year to edit. I'd say uh, I probably probably have if there's 18 guys in the book i probably had 40 to 60 hours on audio recordings uh transcribe it all write it into stories which i love to do you know me buddy we can sit around and tell stories all night so i like to think that my my book's just like me sitting around having a beer with somebody you're not going to need a source or a dictionary if you read this so the, the, it was fun it was such a fun pro like project like i i love learning about these guys i love playing detective tracking them down seeing where they are now and so it was like like richie perot from st albert who's in the book okay guys would walk around and troy murray told me you know growing up in st albert the place to be was a comets game on a saturday night and then you could see richie around town he was the hero on the ice we went to see him on saturday but then you'd see him working around town during the week and you could go talk to him or you could go like oh my god there's richie perot like i remember going around technical and oh there's teapot wow teapot's playing a video game you know it would be like Fiend Wayne Gretzky yeah, yeah. riding his bicycle. It was so cool. So did you have somebody from every province? Yeah, we did. Uh, somebody from every province. There's actually a couple from Alberta. I got Randy Keller from Claire's Home as well. First guy from Claire's Home to ever play in the dub, but he made his mark up in Fort Mac playing for the Oil Barons where he held records for a number of years. And then he went home and played for the Claire's Home Thunder in the Ranchland Senior Hockey League, which is the best name I came across in the book. Nice. So yeah, the guys from, guys from every province and – uh, I had to go to Newfoundland because I love my Newfoundland senior hockey. Oh yeah. So yeah, got, got her coast to coast, buddy. Did uh, um, Terry Ryan wasn't a local legend in this book? No, Terry was not a local legend in the book <laughs> because he made it too far. He made it to yes. the NHL. But 
Terry tells me the story of his hero, who was Robbie Forbes, who was the best player in the Newfoundland Senior League in 86, helped Cornerbrook win the title. Robbie was the, one of the few guys who I looked up who I could see footage of. Okay. And I looked him up, and I'm like, he looks exactly like his nephew when he skates. And his nephew is Sidney Crosby. Oh, wow. And when you, yeah, and when you look at Robbie Forbes, you're like, I'm looking at Sidney Crosby. They, you know, Sid has the bottom hand high on the blade and the shoulders up. Yeah. Robbie played the same way. So Robbie Forbes, absolute local legend. He actually ended up in Newfoundland because he was trying out for the Nova Scotia Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers farm team back in the day. And he, it's 1985. He's at camp with the Nova Scotia Oilers. He's a free agent. He's a small, undersized, high-scoring center who wears a Jofa helmet. Do you think the big club was in need of that? No. <laughs> so I think they sent Max Middendorf down. That yes. cost Robbie a spot, and he ended up in Newfoundland. Oh, uh, Max Middendorf. Oh, there's a blast in the past That's for, a good one, for eh? Oilers yeah, fans. Yeah, one. I like it a lot. Uh, Ken Reed uh, joins. So you're in town tomorrow at uh, at the, the Indigo here in uh, West Edmonton Mall, right where the Sports 1440. Uh, it's actually really close to us, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Really close to you. Yeah, if really I, close to you, yeah. Two o'clock, Indigo. Be there. Two o'clock. Now, do you also, Ken, do you, uh, do you, have, like a, do you have a bed or a coach where Oilers and Flames fans could come and talk to you and get like a oh you know a short oh session boy. on what's up with their teams. I think I'm not going to have a bed enough to have a couch. What I'm going to do is just I'm going to stand there. I'm going to hug everyone that comes up. I'm just <laughs> going to give everyone a good heartfelt hug because I think sometimes a good hug can show you care and can mean more than words can. You know, extreme more than words. I'm there for a hug. What is going on with these teams? It's just awful. Oh, dude, they are struggling right now. You got fans booing them off the ice in both cities. You got the D-men on each team ripping them. Oh, we got to be better. Yep. They're dropping F-bombs. And, and it's F-bombs seven games into the season. Yeah, I know. But as you and I know, you can't make the playoffs in October, November, but you can sure as hell miss them. Like, you don't want to get too deep in a hole. The good news on Sunday is somebody's got to win, I think, <laughs> unless it's going to be like the first tie in 25 years. That's the way these teams are playing is possible. Yeah, yeah, they'll tie and then they'll be like, "Oh, sorry, lights went out. Uh, game <laughs> yeah, over." Shoot out. Just give everybody, right, give right. everybody a point. Uh, oh my goodness, yeah, that every, would be every, everyone, everyone, everyone wins. Everyone wins. Yeah, it's bad, buddy. I can't believe it. Now you mentioned there's 18 guys in the book. Um, mm-hmm. Who is like who is the biggest character? For me, the biggest character is Teapot, my local local hero. Just because like we grew up watching him play. Fastball, he was the best third baseman. Golf, he was the golf champion. Lobster banding, which is the guy can put elastics on a lobster's claws. He was the best at that. And he's always kind of been folklore to me. Okay. Like when I'd see Teapot around town, I'd, I'd kind of talk to him like he was Wayne Gretzky. Like, I, you know how you don't want to get too close? So Teapot to me is folklore. So in the book, which is kind of cool, is I, I, love, me, I love me some folklore. And all this is kind of folklore because you're talking about local legends, right? Paul Bunyan type stuff. There's no footage of most of these guys, and that's what I find kind of interesting. But another great character in the book was a guy named Paul Polillo. So, most famous hockey player from Brantford, Ontario, of course, is Wayne Gretzky. But I got a couple guys from Brantford get a hold of me for the book, and they go, "You got to do Paul Polillo." I said, "Who's Paul Polillo?" They go, "If you go into a Tim Hortons in Brantford, the old timers will talk about Wayne, but they'll also talk about Paul Polillo." Paul Polello was a late bloomer in Brantford. He ends up playing junior B, gets a scholarship to, I think it was Northern Michigan or Western Michigan, drafted by the Pens in what was then the supplemental draft, where they drafted undrafted, undrafted, uh, they drafted undrafted college free agents. Penguins want to bring him to camp. 
They won't offer him a contract. He shows me the letter he wrote to the pen saying, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to play in Italy. He goes to play in Italy, lights it up. All of a sudden, back in his hometown of Brantford, they start up a team in the Colonial League. Low-level minors, right? Ron McLean used to ref in it. And Polillo grows up worshipping Wayne Gretzky. He grows up friends with Keith. Polillo has the Jofa, the Titan, the Dau, the Long Gloves, the jersey tucked in, and he goes on to be the Wayne Gretzky of the Colonial League, where he's scoring 160, 180 points a season. Mm. He's offered to go to higher levels. He's like, you know what? I'm cool. Dad's got a good company here. I'll help Dad. So Paul Polillo, that guy was a character to me as well, and it's got a great Edmonton connection. And uh, where can people get the book, Kenny? People can get the book online, Amazon.ca, ChaptersIndigo.ca, but please come out, get the book in person. Saturday, 2 o'clock, Indigo, West Edmonton Mall. Books, I think, are going to be twenty four ninety five. Hugs are free. Hugs are Hugs free. Are and uh, free. You know, uh, you're, you're for sure going to get here? There's no, there's no cab delay between here and Winnipeg? I'm getting there. I'm getting there, baby. Whether I got to drive or not, I'll be there, Gregor. <laughs> it's a long day, buddy, but I'll I'll be there. I will be there. Well, yeah. now are you so staying? And are are you going to the uh, to the Heritage Classic on Sunday? I was supposed to, but you'll love this. My flight got changed again, so I have to leave early Sunday morning now. This is like a this is an adventure, Jeez. buddy. But yeah, I was supposed to go, but yeah, flight changed again. So it's I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, first time in Thunder Bay. The only thing I knew Thunder Bay for was Terry Fox, who obviously made it here. Yeah, almost. And Racky, right, from Youngblood. Oh, yes. But I've been looking for Racky everywhere. I've been calling the local. Not around. I've been looking to fight Racky. Mm-hmm. Not around. I mm-hmm. think he's living in the woods somewhere. Well, ever since Youngblood tuned him in, he doesn't always want to show his well, face. He, he's lost all his confidence. That yeah. changed him as a man. That's still changed it would. him as a man. I could see yeah, that, man. It would change a man. He needs a hug. If I see him, I'll give Racky a hug. If I see oh, him. yeah. You lose to a pretty boy like that, it's hard to come back from it. Let's go, pretty boy. <laughs> Kenny, great to talk to you, man. Uh, we, uh, it's good hey, seeing hey. you. And ho- unfortunately, we didn't get to see you in studio, but hopefully next time. I hope so next time. Thanks, Jay. See you, buddy. There you go. That is Ken Reed from uh, Sports and He'll be in town. Well, that's a great idea for a book, man. Think about it. I'm sure many of you have somebody in, in your local town that was like your first hockey person that you looked up to. You're like, man, this guy's awesome. Text in who they are and the town that it's from, because I'm sure there's a few of them. Uh, that'll be a fun book to read. I look forward to it. Uh, when we return, Jared Stoll will uh, join us. We'll talk a little uh, Heritage Classic. Of course, the Orders and the Flames will go at it on Sunday. Orders have the day off today. They'll practice outdoors tomorrow, getting you prepared. Um, Connor McDavid skated again on his own. Um, I understand he's skated again today. Does that mean he's going to play on Sunday? I wouldn't hold my breath. I wouldn't rule it out. But uh, I wouldn't hold my breath. You know, I, I, I don't even know if you can get like a 30% chance he plays. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. We'll return on the Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440 Live in Orders Nation. YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Con's really promoting a show. Monday to Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 11 to noon on Sports 1440. There you go. We have a ghost system. Yeah. I stopped it and it kept running. But uh, yeah. It's a Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back to the uh, Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Someone's trying to take your job. You'd think they'd be a little bit less obvious about it. A little less obvious about it. Subtlety's not my specialty. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let's welcome to the show multiple-time Stanley Cup winner. 
also uh, ace analyst for the uh, L.A. Kings. Uh, he did play in uh, played in a few outdoor games. Uh, in the initial one, 20 years ago, which basically means he's old, uh, Jared Stoll joins us. Stoll, how you doing? If I'm old, it's <laughs> true. And now, hey, congrats. Now you're first time we're having you on as a father. How's fatherhood? I am. Yeah, it's, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun just waking up and seeing him smile when he recognizes you and trying to laugh and trying to make some noises, trying to talk. It's uh, it's pretty cool to realize and wake up, take a deep breath and realize you got like a, a human being downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> four months now, give or take. Yeah, four months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, 28. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's great, man. Uh, exciting. Good for you. So it's yeah. awesome. Um, now, of course, 20 years ago today, uh, you guys, you remember the orders that you guys played in the first ever outdoor game. It was a tad chillier. I, I talked to Alex Hemsky yesterday about it, and he's like, it wasn't fun. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you remember it? Yeah, it was, it was definitely cold for sure. Um, the benches were warm. If you didn't have a good game, I don't know, maybe Alish, uh, I don't know if he had a good game or not. I actually <laughs> had a good game, so I got a lot of ice time. But um, you, you, d- you definitely kind of wanted to be on the bench during that uh, that game, but um, we didn't play that well, I remember. Um, you know, we, we got a, had a tough start to the season. We didn't play that well. Montreal came in and beat us, but um, it was just a cool experience for everybody. At that point, I don't think any of us, no, it was pretty much the first game, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't uh I don't think college or anything had, had done anything like that before. So it was all of our first times. And watching the alumni game beforehand kind of gave us a little bit of a an idea of what it would be like. You know, we didn't watch, you know, down by the ice. But we, we kind of peeked our head out of the dressing room here and there and get a get a vibe of the atmosphere at least. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool all the way around. Okay, when you look back on it and kind of going through it, like no one had ever done it before, so there are obviously some things in today's game that are obviously much better, but there's something kind of unique about being part of the, the initial one. You know, the NHL, uh, we've had Pat LaFour, John, uh, Kevin Lowe talking about how like, the NHL wasn't wasn't like you got a ton of support early on from them. It was really, you know, the organization yeah. said, we'll do it. Um, but you had like a lot of the greats of the greats. The crazy part was Messier played in the alumni game, and he was still a member of the New York Rangers. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't even think I knew that. Yeah. So that you know, that's kind of crazy in itself, right? Like Sather gave him yeah. a, a pass to say, "Okay, you can go play in the alumni game." But um, yeah, you know, it's just it was unique. Like for you, like did you get to hang out with the the Canadians and the, and the Orders and alumni guys at all that weekend? I remember we had like a there was a party at um, downtown at Lux. I remember we had a little uh, there was a little event there, so I remember hanging out with some of them. But no, it was pretty. You know. It was, middle of the season for us too so it wasn't um wasn't like we had a ton of time i don't know if it, you know we played you know two or three days after or two or three days before but we were middle of our season so i don't remember kind of mixing around with those guys too much but uh yeah a little bit of our our alumni the other alumni at uh at lux uh, the one night now i'm assuming like you must have worn long underwear and stuff like going back as a saskatchewan kid you must have played outdoors had your feet frozen a few <laughs> times i would think beforehand but how different was it what do you remember doing to prepare for the cold yeah i think we wore some eskimo uh long underwear the long johns or whatever we called them back then but um yeah they, they helped they helped with the the wind still gets you right there was a little bit of a wind chill that day so that's the killer that's the kicker right there so i i think it's supposed to be what minus three minus five something like that for, yeah. for sunday which you know is great if there's no howling winds but um yeah that's that's what i remember we, we were we were we weren't bad you know it wasn't uh the ice was a little crackly a little um, 
you know, there were some chunks out of the ice, I remember, but that's just something that you got to deal with. Both teams played on it. So, um, yeah, it was uh, – I think it went off without a hitch. I, I, I wouldn't have um, – I didn't hear otherwise. So yeah. it was uh, one of those things where it was, it was just a good time. Uh, all your buddies come in, your family's in. Um, it's just the buzz around Edmonton was something, something different, right? Something different. And then the, all the alumni coming back, that's, that's obviously the, the big thing there. And then uh, we actually played an NHL regular season game that meant something too. So yeah, it was a great, uh, it was a great weekend. Well, you know, it was unique. Like you never played in front of that many fans either, right? Like you played it sold out of rinks before, but, but never like that. Yeah. You just don't know how the, what the atmosphere is going to be like, how loud is it going to be, you know, it was loud, but it was kind of weird too. You know, you you hear the roars three or four seconds later. Okay. Um, you know, it's uh, your first first row or first ten rows in the in the bottom uh, bowl there, and you're kind of, you know, you got they're okay seats, but they're you'd rather be up a little bit, right? You'd rather be up to see the to see the actual ice surface and uh, and watch the game a little bit better. But I know our family and friends, we had that. There's a little section there right beside the. Right beside the ice on the one end, so it was a little bit. Uh, they they had a little bit better of experience than I think just people sitting in section three thirty three up top. Oh God, people sitting way up there, man. <laughs> like I sat out. My buddy, my buddy, one of my one of my buddies. Uh, you know, he couldn't get no Ubers back then, but yeah, tough getting a taxi. So he, uh, he my buddy Vito. You remember Vito? Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, he paid he paid a, a pizza delivery guy hundred bucks to get him uh, bring him back to the hotel. So he was. Uh, he got out of there pretty quick. <laughs> oh, hey, it's a smart decision. Vito is all you know. He's always a thick yeah. and quick and on his feet type of guy. That's for sure. Yeah. So, because yeah. uh, in a crowd, dude, he, there's no way he's hailing down a crowd. There's no way the cab's seeing him. So he's got to get out in front of it. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's got no patience. <laughs> uh, Jared Stoll joins us. Um, the game itself, though, I was listening to Mike Rupp earlier, and he's saying how for him when he played. Now, granted, it's a little bit later on, but he said, "Man, like the emotion from winning or losing that game was different because it was." Such a bigger event. Did you feel the same? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a weird, it's a hard thing to explain. Like it's it it still means the same points wise, but you know, say you do lose that game, and it's just like, oh, what was it like? How how was it? How was the ice? How was the? Did you you know? Did it seem loud? Was it you know the the sight mind? Everyone everyone's asking different questions. Not you know, ah, you guys didn't play that well. Um, you know, you lost the game, or you know, why do you guys come out like that in third period type of thing? It's, yeah, I, I agree with Rupper. It's kind of a weird thing, but um, <laughs> they all mean the same. Yeah, play to win the game and get the two points. But um, I see what he's saying there. Yeah, it, it was it was weird. Now, uh, you're coming in Edmonton for the game, are you not? I am. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a few of you guys from the 20 year. You guys having a little mini reunion or what? I think we're having a little mini. <laughs> Um, I'm actually out east in Boston right now, just watching some of our college kids. So I'm flying tomorrow, and then I know Hammond's already there, and I think Rafi's coming in. And I think Marty Reasoner's coming in. Don't quote me on the, all this, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It should be uh, it should be fun to see everybody again, and back in at Commonwealth too. I don't think uh, I don't think I've been there since. Probably I don't think so. Now, will you be sitting outdoors for the game? Are you do you got are you bringing your long johns? Or are you going to be in, are you going to be inside? You know what? As we just started this interview, I missed a call from one of the oiler, the ladies with the Oilers at the office, and that okay. was one of the questions I was going to ask her. Okay. <laughs> well, you got to come prepared, right? You're a Saskatchewan guy. Like it's not like minus two. Like I know you've been living in LA for a long time, so maybe it's different. But uh, minus two yeah. isn't that bad. No, it's not bad. I, I got a couple, a uh, couple different jacket options here. I'm, I'm sad. I've been looking at the weather for the last week, so. 
Yeah, we're good. And now you mentioned, so you're on the East Coast, you're watching some of your young prospects, and, uh, you know, you guys got a pretty deep uh, prospect pool in, in L.A. How, how are you enjoying the, the scouting part, kind of the player development still? It's great. It, it's good to build relationships with our players right from day one of, of draft day, pretty much, uh, when we draft them. So meet them and their families and, you know, figure out and realize what types of players they are and, and what type of player can they be at the NHL level, at the pro level. You know, NHL, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but hopefully they can turn pro and, um, you know, and make it. But, you know, a lot of guys put up points in junior, a lot of guys put up points in college, and that's not what, they, what, what they're going to be at the, at the next level. So got to figure out, um, you know, how they're going to make it, how they're going to have long careers. And it's great. It, it's awesome having the relationships with those guys and um, working with them, keeping, keeping tabs on them, come out and see every player probably two or three times uh, over the course of the hockey season. So we got one kid at Boston University and one kid at uh, UMass here tonight. So get to double dip a little bit, see both of those guys and, uh, and hang out. Yeah, we'll take them for dinner. You know, you just kind of go for coffee, just kind of, you know, be a friend. We're not a coach, you know. We're we, you know, development staff, but you know, we're not coaches, and we make sure they re- they know that they realize that we're not going to talk about why they what were they doing on the four check or what were they doing on the the, the power play breakout stuff like that. So it's just uh, basically fundamental stuff that they need to get better at to make it to the next level. And that's always the key, right, Jared? And everybody develops. I'm sure you, you've probably learned even more now when you watch it, how you think a guy, oh, geez, you know, early on, it's, hey, this guy will be here in a year or two, and then sometimes it takes three or four, right? Like, it's it's difficult to kind of know from player to player when they're going to be ready, if they'll ever it's be very ready. very difficult. I, yeah, like, I think I'm maybe six years into it now, and I've been I've been wrong on certain guys. Like, I, I you know, long enough now to realize, well, like, oh, this guy, like, I had him pegged that, scoring 20 or, or scoring 25 within the next three years. And now he's, he's not even playing in the NHL. So, no, I've, you realize, like, you just don't know when guys are going to – have they peaked? Are they, are, they still, are they still growing? A lot of these kids, they're – you know, they got so much more weight to put on, so much more strength to put on, and you just don't know. And, um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Some guys 26, 27 will figure it out. Some guys, a lot of first-round picks, as we know, right, never figure it out. So, um, even top 10 picks. Some of them never figured out, and that's just—it's uh, too bad, really, because teams, you know, put put a lot into those picks, and the scouts put a lot of time into, um, you know, drafting these kids. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's not easy, but it's it's definitely fun staying in the game, watching watching hockey, seeing how the game is played now too. Like, you know, 20 years ago at Commonwealth, you know, there was a lot less skill on the ice than there will be on Sunday. <laughs> that's just that's just the bottom line. So. Um, it's, it's a fun game to watch now. There's a lot of beautiful goals. Um, it's a fast game and a skilled game, so it's, uh, it's going the right way. Jared Stoll joins us. Uh, we were talking about the uh, Heritage Classic, of course, also uh, as in player development for the Los Angeles Kings. And you, know, you mentioned how the game has changed. And does, do you think it's changed in how you evaluate players? Because th- there are fewer players, Jared, who can – change the momentum physically nowadays like there's lots of skill in the game no question but sometimes you know to find those guys who can skill and grind and you know bring a little bit of juice it just seems harder to find those type of players they were always at a premium and there seems to be fewer of them now uh yeah maybe you know the, the physicality in the game like once playoffs comes around once once the playoffs come it, it's you see it again and you see guys that you maybe you're you're not used to or accustomed to seeing 
finish their checks all game long and get into scrums and play a little bit tougher, play a little bit dirtier, a little bit um, with more juice, like you said. Uh, I think that's why playoffs are so good. That's why, you know, they're, they're so exciting to watch and there's, there's scrums. There's not many fights anymore. We all know that. But, um, yeah, you don't have the, you know, the third or fourth line guys that just run around and have – six eight hits a night you know you got three lines on a very very good team a championship team your three lines got to score you got to produce i think and your fourth line has to like be able to play 10 to 12 minutes and be effective and have a guy or two on there that penalty kill and take some of the take some of the um some of the grind off the uh the top guys that that penalty kill like you know it's you look at vegas and how deep they were and their fourth line was really really good and heavy and and played well um, our teams that won, we were very deep, and and then goaltending. Obviously, you need that. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting game now. The way the lineups are, it's just so much skill, and and the players are are smaller, right? It's just the the bottom line there too. The players are smaller, but it doesn't necessarily mean they can't play and can't survive um, in the game. So, well, uh, Jared, always good to catch up with you and. Uh... Enjoy the uh, Heritage Classic, and uh, maybe we'll see you around the rink. I'm sitting outside like I did 20 years ago. My son wants to take in the experience, so uh, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'm sure I'll see you at some point for sure. No problem, Greg. Always good to talk to you, man. That is uh, Jarrett Stoll from the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, You always like to play your joke. Well, I don't know about Hemsky. I had a pretty good game. I was playing a lot. It's fun. Um, it was hilarious talking to Hemsky about it yesterday. I was just like, ah, what do you remember? He's like, it wasn't fun. It was freezing. He goes, the bench was so hot. You get hot. Then you go on the ice and you're freezing. He goes, my stick, it literally felt just like a piece of ice. And, you know, and hey, he was an ultra skilled player, right? Uh, I, I think for a long time, Hemsky's without question the order's most skilled player. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and he was fearless too. He was highly skilled, but he was fearless. And, Never necessarily played with an elite top-end offensive center. Him, Smith, and Horkoff are a really good line. Almost won a Stanley Cup with them as their first line. And, you know, Sean Horkoff had some decent seasons, but he wasn't like a high-end offensive centerman. I think on a really good team, he would have been a number two, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right? Two-way guy could chip in offensively. But Matt Hemsky was a skilled player. Wow. He could, uh, he could dangle so fast. That a deceptive shot. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Didn't like the outdoor game. <laughs> At least the minus 20. 243, uh, when we return, uh, Camp Tate will uh, join us. We've got a lot of text to get to, 10, 12, 60. Also, we're going to have a little fun on a positive Friday. We got a lot of you, uh, some really good memes coming in on uh, Twitter. Uh, many of you with uh, your favorite small town heroes that you grew up watching and in hockey. We'll get to some of those. And a uh, unique opportunity if you want to go to the winter, cl- to the Heritage Classic on Sunday. Tune in at three o'clock. About that on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. Plus, a Friday continues on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube. I'm Jason Greger. He's Connor Halley. Positive Friday. Hope you're having a good day. Hey, I know it's tough right now, order fans. It is really tough. We'll get to uh, that a little bit later on in the show. Ooh, mama. But hey, the good news is uh, life's all about experiences, and the uh, Heritage Classic will be an experience. No question. It's something unique. Obviously, happens about once every 20 years. Who knows if there'll be another one in 20 years in Edmonton? You never know. Heck, will Commonwealth still be here in 20 years? I have no idea. So that's why. You know, you go, you enjoy it, and uh, obviously, I'll say this for Oiter fans: if they win the game, and it happens, you know, a a win is great, but then it's against the Calgary Flames, even better. Obviously, there's the alternative, which would be pretty brutal. So we'll uh, we'll see how it lines up for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. They got to play better. I don't think there's any question uh, about that. Uh, they look in the mirror. They got a few days to look in the mirror. And really, like, their effort's got to be way better. you got to be more engaged. You get, get outside your comfort zone. There needs to be somebody in the bottom six. Like, they're not scoring. So do some, what are you doing to get recognized? That's my question. What are you doing to get recognized? You're not scoring. You're not hitting. You're not checking. What are you doing? Right, right now, they got way too many nondescript players. When you ask, okay, what are they bringing to the table? Can you answer the question for a lot of them? No, you can't. That's the problem. So... There's a lot of guys that have to be like, okay, you know what? Enough's enough. Figure out how to contribute to the team. Figure it out. Because right now there's way too many passengers, non-contributors on the Edmonton Orders. That's just a simple truth. It's not anything. It's not a hot take. Just a simple truth. Now, let's get to the... uh, Two-minute warning with uh, Cam Tate. Of course, uh, for those who just join us every Monday and Friday, Cam Tate joins us. He has uh, cerebral palsy. He's in a wheelchair. He's been a reporter in Edmonton for a long, long time. He's always wanted to be on radio, but uh, due to the cerebral palsy, he has a uh, struggle uh, uh, speaking clearly all the time. And uh, so now, though, through the uh, the wonders of technology, you'll be able to hear Cam's words. Thanks there, Gregor. Written by Cam Tate. They call me Fast Eddie. Let's use our 350 words today on a 44-year family business that came out of the gate like a house on fire. Or, in this case, winning six Stanley Cups in five years. And, by doing so, the foundation was cemented. Expectations, too, but all businesses go through ups and downs. So, during a tough stretch when the business is mightily struggling and the first generation of family members come for a visit... 
and encouragement. You would think the current generation would be on their best behavior, make everything organized, get everything polished up, look like you know what's going on. It's done out of gratitude, of respect, of showing the pioneers their legacy steeped in tradition is in good hands. That did not happen Thursday night in the Edmonton Oilers' 4 nothing loss to the New York Rangers. And on a night, placing Oiler greats Charlie Huddy and Dougie Waite being put into the Oilers' Hall of Fame, the timing, well... It couldn't be worse. There were more Oilers alumni like Billy Guerin, Dwayne Rollison, Kelly Bugberger, Ronnie Lowe, Alice Hemsky, and others in the house. It didn't look good. The work ethic, the lack of urgency, the defensive zone mayhem, and the general look of the team must have caused alumni members to raise an eyebrow and then swing the minibar open for another wobbly pop. It wasn't supposed to be this way. The Oilers find themselves in conversations such as this for all the wrong reasons. The team, considered by many to be a Stanley Cup favorite, are in a funk. Along with that comes concern and the reality the playoffs are in jeopardy. Let's say you need 95 points for most season play. After seven games, the Oilers have three points. But families, they come together in time of need. And the Edmonton Oilers family will undoubtedly do whatever they can to help. The two-minute warning with Cam Tate joins the Jason Greger Show Mondays and Fridays on Sports 1440. Well, there you go, Cam Tate. He's fired up, man. Fired up. And, uh, hey, I think he speaks for uh, for many people. The Edmonton owners simply have to play a lot better. Last night, Stuart Skinner, he played better. Much better. Stuart Skinner kept that game a lot closer than 3 nothing. I'll tell you right now. He made some huge, timely saves in that game. And you know what? As individuals, you really can only worry about yourself. Know what your responsibility is defensively, offensively, wherever you're at. And then find a way to impact the game. Because right now, how many players on this team, it's it's zero across the boards when it comes to goals, assists, Point. Like, Nugent Hopkins doesn't have a point in four games. Right? They're in a four-game losing streak. He's got nothing in four games other than a minus like a lot of the other players. Right? That's a big issue. You've got Fogle, Dreisaitl, Kane lately in the last few games scoring. That's it. I guess Zach Hyman. Right? No one else. None of the fours are not contributing offensively. Not really contributing defensively. How many of them are how many of them have, have thrown a hit? How many of them have changed the momentum of the game in any fashion? That to me is the big issue right now. Way too many players that are doing virtually nothing that helps the team win. Nothing. You know, go to the net. You know, get in the face of Jonathan Quick. Maybe annoy one of the Ranger defensemen. Have a scrum. Have something. But right now, man, there was not a lot of emotion in last night's game from uh, from many of the Edmonton orders. Like, it's great, you know, afterwards you get frustrated. I understand it. That's fair. But talk is cheap now. I, your actions need to do the talking, and their actions lately have shown that they're a team that simply isn't willing to get uncomfortable and pay the price needed to win in the NHL on a regular basis. I had a few good games, but 
Minnesota, the third period was awful. And last night, they were never really in that game. Right? Never. At all. So, it wasn't good. Wasn't good whatsoever. But, I'll tell you how your opportunity to get a sweet deal to uh, to go to the game. Coming up after Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specialize in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 